and welcome to Chop Greens. I'm your host, Philip Amrine, joined along with the one, the only, the bestest co-host with the mostest, Gary Boucher Boucher. How are you doing, Gary? I'm awesome. And, you know, I just learned a new term from you, the Fauci ouchie, uh, <laughs> the, the vaccine. And, you know, I got mine last week. I got very sick. My girlfriend got her second one yesterday and she is incredibly sick right Ooh. now so we're just taking care of each other making some soup watching some tv man but i'm doing good beers longer as you can see yeah man it's, it's it's growing in yeah. there's i think there's actual separation between your hair and your face that's, that's yes distance. exactly that's yeah, tangible you can see difference right there the little drop down that's right absolutely uh speaking of well, I was going to say drop down, but I think that that's insulting. I was just more so trying to make a transition wow. that was smooth, but now it is no longer smooth, kind of like your face. In which case, we are talking Beautiful. About, thank you. I got there eventually. We are talking we about one of the Oscar-nominated of this year, Oscar-nominated films directly from production studio A24, Minari. Of course, uh, it's nominated not just for Best Picture. We've also got a couple of acting nominations with uh, Best uh, Actor with Steven Yun. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Yoo Jung Yoon, uh, who plays Sunja, or the grandmother in this film, also got a nomination. Do you know, was it Best Supporting Actress or was it Best Actress? Best Supporting. Okay. So best, best supporting, best supporting. Yeah. and man, Gary, where, where would you like to begin on this film? Ooh, well, you know what? Um, I know that you're going to shout this out and I, I was just watching a few snippets of the movie and, uh, listening to the score while I was doing my own writing, because this might be one of the dark horse best scores we've heard in a while. And <laughs> now how did you it, it know I was eventually going to get, that? I, you know, that I love you, me you always soundtrack. point out the score, man. Yeah. yeah you, you've always got something to say about the, even if I don't think about it, it's a bad movie. You're like, but the score, right? Just like last week. Yeah. So I think, um, I mean the, the, the entire, you know, aura of, of the movie is amazing. I mean, camera work, setting and rounding it out in in music so just a, a little shout out there they did actually get a nomination for uh, original score by emil masseri deservedly and, so um, I, you know what i've yeah. actually this is a, almost a complete aside but i've added that playlist i know i've probably yeah. talked about this at least in in give me five but i added that playlist to my calm slash sleeping playlist because it's just yeah. so peaceful, so awesomely. Uh, it's peaceful, but it's nuanced. like it's bittersweet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like the movie. They couldn't have picked a better thing to to go with it, this story. And I guess, hey, there's there's my killer transition for the day. Yeah. The, the the bittersweet up and down kind of new American dream story. Um, I didn't really know what this movie was about. Of course, I see the 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 letters A and the numbers two four on a trailer, and I'm I'm like yeah. I'm in. Yeah, it's pretty much always quality. Yeah, twenty four has they, risen yeah. and pushed itself up into prominence of taking all their movies for better or worse, but taking all their movies with a certain amount of grit and sincerity that is appreciable. Even if they, if they swing and they miss at the very least, you know that you're going to get a quality shot at whatever it is that they decided to go in. 
They've only missed badly once, and it's a movie that you made me watch years ago called The Sea of Trees. Yes, the Sea of Trees. You know what's <laughs> With, funny? With uh, Matthew Godhey and I think of that film yeah. fondly sometimes because I've seen recently. <laughs> I saw a, a critique on YouTube of uh, the last action superhero, and I thought back to myself: the last action hero, the last yeah. action hero with with Arnold Schwarzenegger, with Arnold. Yes, Arnold. You got me that DVD for Christmas that year. I did, and. Uh, I I can't recall and I just can't remember, but you said that your film was horrible and I could not imagine it being any worse than mine. I always think back. But I, I mean, at least yours would be fun. I mean, mine, was, it it's was literally a, about the suicide. Fun. It's about an English teacher going and killing himself in the suicide forest. I mean, <laughs> not only is it bad, but it's like sad and bad, man. And not, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. And, it's painful. A24, hit the mark this time. We'll say that. And as an aside here, as a quick aside, I, I forgive me, I should have done this earlier, and it's going to lead this to not be as smooth as I would like it. But okay, we should we should um, make up for an error that we did in last week's podcast, or rather that we didn't do, because we mm. never actually gave our rating for last week's episode. And we are hoping that you're consistently listening with us and listening to all these wonderful podcasts that we put out. But in case you you did and you're still with us, we would hope that you are listening and are now being fulfilled because we are going to be giving our quick five-second rating of a Pieces of a Woman and here right now in this episode. How many help. pieces out of five of a woman? How many pieces yeah. of an unborn baby fetus? Ugh, that is, that's just distasteful. Gary. Oh, man. Yeah, that yeah, is just distasteful. Come on now. How about this? How about this? How many undeveloped pictures uh, would you give ah, that out of five? How many out of un- five? undeveloped pictures? Um, I'm I'm ripping one of them in half, and I'm giving it two and a half because the Vanessa is truly great, like truly, truly great. But um, it's yeah, you know what? Go listen to last week's review because I'm about to go into it again. Two and a half out of five. Yeah, there, there's there there's my number. I think I'm I think I'm better. I think I'm at a three. It was enjoyable. It was interesting. Held my uh, interest, and was never really boring. Had a strong. A strong uh, acting performance to help lead it. So, like you said, I'll let our podcast last week speak for itself on that. When we get, let's yep. get back to Minari. You know what? I and maybe I'm going to be foolish putting this ahead of the cart here, but honestly, when I was introspecting myself while watching this film, there was really only one word that I could use to describe this film in its entirety, and it remained true till the end, and that's heartwarming. I realize that there are some films that are exciting, action-packed, and they offer a lot of, you know, a different verbs and different types of verbiage to uh, to describe it, certain adjectives. But this one really throughout, really instilled within me heartwarming because as many times as it brought you forward, there were equally amount as times that set you back, and yet the perseverance and the honesty within the film that. We used to weave throughout each story upon which there's only really one that feels left out, quote unquote. And even then, it's still incorporated well. I just thought throughout the entirety of the story, it was so well done. And while we can argue and and have a different type of debate about whether or not it deserves the best picture uh, Oscar uh, for all of the year of 2020... I just wanted to say that I think it's very heartwarming and I think anybody can enjoy this film 
who sits down to watch it. Absolutely. And you know what's what's wild? You know, we've got to mention the fact that the writer-director, Lee Isaac Chung, this is essentially an autobiographical movie about his upbringing. You know, he wa- this is him telling the story of when they immigrated from – or his family immigrated from Korea and eventually moved to Arkansas to start a farm. And then grandma came to live with them. And the fact that, you know, this was all happening when he was like 5 to 10 and he can look at it with nuance and look at it objectively and tell – you know, a few different stories, you know, with each character having like an empathetic perspective, I think is just fantastic. Yeah, it's something rare too. I hearken back to Honey Boy, which might have been last year, if not two years ago. With Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Shia Great movie. Yeah, great movie with Sheila Buff. I think this movie might be on, on another level. level, but both both with that same like, you know, uh criticism but but love of you know what, obje- what their father's family were doing and there's an objectivity there right gary there's yeah a, there's yeah, an yeah. objectivity and honesty that's greatly appreciated again are they on different levels i think this one's a far more complete all-around story than honey boy was whereas honey boy felt it felt incredibly personable and vulnerable this one doesn't yeah. feel quite as vulnerable or at least not for the quote-unquote main character of david it's certainly not as vulnerable because you can only get so far with david but it certainly felt honest and genuine and an all-encompassing yeah. much more story that honey boy wasn't and i think whenever we look at this entire film there's a lot of true moments if i can use that and go so far as to say that a lot of true moments yeah. that really ring through um a standout performance which i just found to be completely delightful and i did not expect it to be as big of a role as it was 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 uh, paul was will Patton's performance his his performance yeah. was incredibly strong uh, completely dedicated. it was he he was very welcome i mean that he he and and grandma sunja come out of left field she and add such a absolutely said right so such a unique because i mean everyone is really really watchable i mean we can shout out all the actors i mean steven is is great i mean and he his um interaction with um his his wife is is fantastic she holds her own the two kids especially i believe young david is he's adorable and, and funny and just a little turd sometimes and then um you know you've got paul and sunja rounding it out and and they're they both had, I mean, not only because the characters on paper are interesting. I mean, Paul is like this hyper Pentecostal Christian man who's just so weird for these Korean immigrants. And grandma's obviously like a goofy wrestling watching grandma. But, you know, they play so well off each other in, in the scenes, man. And Paul is just, I mean, he's so interesting to watch. I don't know how many people you've met like that, but I've, I've known a fair amount. Um, and oh, yeah. th- through some, some family who's very heavily Pentecostal. So I think that... Yeah, it was a little bit weird for for my girlfriend. She thought it was kind of like a a joke because he was so strange. I'm like, no, there's like a lot of people in the South who have this vibe, but he was such like a a sweet, sweet, sweetheart, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, again, throughout this entire podcast, and I I know I'm going to be using it and I'll be a broken record this particular episode, but there's there's so much heart throughout and it shows mostly through the characters. And I think that that's a real symbol of if there was an Academy Award for Best Ensemble, this movie by far, from all the Oscar-nominated films I've seen, by far would uh, would win that award because yeah. All the performances from of of any note really from the top to the bottom are so genuine, so authentic, and each have their own characteristics that they become memorable. And that's something very rare in a film 
today that doesn't, especially ones that highlight certain performances within the film. Uh, now, I, I think it almost actually works to a disadvantage whenever you're trying to claim a best actor or best actress within the film. The only one that I felt deserved of, of a nomination because they stood out so much from their peers and really helped to highlight the film was uh, the, the grandma, Sunja, who is played by Yoo Jung Yoon. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing, but the performance is so yeah. absolutely strong, has so much authenticity behind it that you don't even see an actress anymore from the moment she comes into the frame for the first time. And there's so much buildup to this moment of her entrance within the film. It's met with poise and absolute authenticity that is undeniable and completely appreciable and leads to every moment highlight moment that you come away and walk away and will remember from this film with i don't know that i'll ever forget the time where david gives her the the pea filled pseudo mountain dew cup that was the the humor in that you can't you can't write that up you can't make that up and the absolute heart that she has in love for him to, to to take away from the punishment that is so rightfully coming from him is a beautiful, beautiful moment that I'm so glad is scripted and, and well-written, but yet it doesn't feel um, inauthentic whatsoever, Gary. Yeah, I think that that one sticks out. And then the scene where um, it, it ends with um, Stephen Yeun telling David to go outside and pick out a new yes. whipping stick. Yes. Um, and it's so tense. There's like a, this huge fight and the kid is crying. He makes him go outside. Then he comes back with like a single blade of grass and grandma just loses her mind laughing. And she's like, what a smart boy. And um, it, I mean, the tension just melts and you're like crying, laughing. Like it's, it's so well done. And she, um, it's pre and post stroke, uh, almost yeah giving two different um, types of uh, performances, but she, uh, I mean, is just so watchful. I mean, when, when they're playing cards and she's just chastising the, the kids, <laughs> you know, it's, um, she, she, she is, is so fantastic. And then it's, uh, what's that? I'm just, I was going to say the juxtaposition so, between point A to point B yeah. with the grandma also really highlight her performance that that the physical arc is yeah. almost necessary for these types of awards you need you know in, in sports it would be considered a heisman moment in film it would be something along the lines of an oscar moment where because she goes through such a physical transition think of leonardo dicaprio what did he have to do it wasn't with django it wasn't with titanic where yes he has a lot of personal changes that shine through as an actor. It wasn't until Revenant where he nearly just had to completely give out to a full-on beard, just completely almost kill himself for this Oscar. But this is also like the the supporting category is interesting, right? Because um, Mahershala Ali very deservedly won from Moonlight and he was in it for like eight minutes, you know? And then you have um, J.K. Simmons who won for essentially – the, most of the movie with with whiplash and so supporting i feel like the most important part is like when you come in i mean it's like the sixth man award you, you're maybe not playing as much as everybody but you like, you essentially are like arguably the most memorable performance and you really stick out and make the movie what it is no, that's um, actually and a i very, think that that's yeah. a very interesting aspect gary and completely truthful i think a lot of times people will come into a film and be able to correctly identify 
who is slotted to what appropriate genre or category of actor, actress, whatever it may be, but not be able to fully dictate and tell you why they fit into that role. Everybody can agree that Mahershala Ali is a supporting actor just as much as they would say that J.K. Simmons fits into the supporting role. How, now, how do you how do you how do you describe the difference between those and how they both make sense? Uh, that depends probably, on the movie. Depends. You know, on it's got to and, and she's perfect for the movie. Absolutely yeah. perfect. The the. It, it completely emotionally saddens you and sets a, a, a tremendous sadness within your heart when she makes that transition after her stroke that really allows the film to end where it ends and have some form of redemption where the the momentum's going up and then down and then up again because finally he finds closure to accept her and have her be the grandma that he so desperately wants but had all along just to be deprived and robbed of that yeah. one more time, but yet to find at the end yep. that, again, the character, the grandmother, is still there somewhere in there and is only wanting the best for not just David, but the entire family, and in doing so, destroys what the family has been working for so hard just to set them back one more time with quite possibly the biggest you know, funny, though, it, that they could imagine. It, it, it just... It destroyed what the family was working towards so hard, but the trick of the movie is what they were working towards wasn't what they should have had, and they could only really come together as a family finally when they lost everything. I mean, the first time he and his wife had a positive interaction was when they were saving each other from the flames, and then David runs, finally runs after his grandma, you know, when she's trudging away. That's, I mean, the... I mean, if, if you don't appreciate your family, this movie will make you think long and hard about that, man. And it's right there in the title. I mean, the metaphor couldn't be any more clear. Minari, you know, you can plant it anywhere and it'll go through hardship, but it's hardy. And at the end, it's beautiful and it gets through. Versatile. And that's, you know, what this is about. It's versatile, man. I mean, these are Koreans who've come to Arkansas, you know, and, and created a life. And there was all this conflict. But in the end, um, it took... Uh, the conflict blowing up that they thought would fix all their problems to realize what the real solution to their problems were. It was each other, not ignoring each other and growing a farm or being mean to their grandma. You know, once all that happens, that then you realize it and it just hits you like a freaking bat. Yeah, a couple things. First off, the we already discussed David's arc and what really brought that home was the, the yeah. appreciation of a grandma that he both yearned and wanted but always had but never knew that he possessed. And then yep. – but. Also, Stevens, uh, Stephen Young's uh, character D Jacob, he, it's it's so beautifully written. It's almost a, a a bit on the nose, but it's it's beautiful. Whenever he's describing to David his son, who comes with him to work, it it really shows that hey, Dad, what's that? What's all the smoke coming out of the chick farm? And he says, male chicks are useless and discarded, and, and implying that again. They're just – you need to have a purpose. You need to be doing something. You need to have something of worth that somebody can search for and just give it one quick look and that's all that you are to the world. And if you are if you don't find value in that and, and your, yeah. your people who are making these judgments about you don't find you to be what they want or what they need you to be, you're going to be discarded. And whether or not it be forgotten or whether or not it be of not use, uh, either yeah. way, that's just unacceptable. And we, we have that – difference mirroring 
what we find out in the end where he completely gives up on everything that he was building for everything that yep. was happening just to save his family, just to save his wife and in turn his family and what is most near and dear to him. Yeah. It's a story that's been told before, but ne- I've never seen it in this setting. Obviously with these types of people, a narrative that's not really told and living with these very normal, ordinary characters, there's no, there's nothing like eccentric going. I mean, you've got like the Paul character, right? But I mean, this is like a regular family. Um, but just through like the simple conflict that, that they go through, man, like exactly what you're talking about, like finding what it is that, that really matters just pulls through beautifully because I mean, it's, it's inspiring to, I think to creators too, man. Cause it's like, all, all you need is something so simple like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think this particular year, if there's a theme overall for the Oscars that I've kind of, I've cut, maybe it's just me growing up. I really don't know, but the theme for the Oscars yeah. this year has been not, not true innovation. We've seen that of uh, past years where I felt like Moonlight was completely innovative. Nothing like I've really ever seen before. Uh, yeah. Green Book was a return to form of what had normally been and, and how – and the retaliation of that was what led to last year's Parasite where we were now allowing of this. This year, if nothing else, I feel like the theme has been not in ingenuity uh, as a whole but rather the acceptance of allowing these stories – and making them unique to the disparaged group or people that we had not seen before. It's not unique or new stories as a whole. We've seen a family hardship American times drama before, but not from the perspective of of a of a family that feels transient, especially in a whole new world. But really, it's just Arkansas. Uh, we we do, we've never seen other films like um, I'm trying to think, uh, Promising Young Woman. We've seen somebody have a revenge story really before but not with a a heroist or really a complex main femme fatale uh, character at the helm of it to really lead you and usher you through the entirety of the film we've never particularly seen that it's a very brave film so within this film it's nothing completely new there are unique and novel ideas and customs and things within the film but the sandwich and bread that's overlaying the entirety of it is not unnew. It's what's inside is that exactly. completely new. Exactly. Also, we've got to shout out. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, we, we, we have to shout out as part of this, you know, amazing movie and story. It's very well complemented. Technically, we talked about the score. Yeah. We can't leave without talking about the the camera work and the fact that the you know it's kind of like an, the shots are, the shot are great absolutely beautiful one of the few mm-hmm. films that i've seen that really lets itself go and take a lot of visual moments to just look at a field or to just look at the sky or to just look it's at the, funny yeah because the there's actually and be successful yeah there's nothing like really show-offy. It's just no. really beautiful scenery and really good lighting um, and letting the moments play out. I, I, I love when movies don't cut, you know, with scenes with, with dialogue. Like they they have a stationary camera with a beautiful shot and they let the action play out. This movie does that a lot. You know, you see, you know, um, the, the two characters, Paul and Steven Yeun, interacting in a field and you just leave the camera still the whole time and you've got the 
you know, the rolling grass fields, the sun in the background. It's, it's really great. So the cinematography was Lachlan Milne, um, yeah. Lachlan Milne. I don't know what else they've done, but got to give a shout out to that because th- the moments are the cherry on top as far as what you're looking at, you know, the self-awareness of the timing to hold each shot too that speaks more to editing but allowing the shot selections to really be pronounced and get in, get out, yeah. and allow that was really tremendous point on um, within this mm. film. Uh, yeah, I, you know, if we're if we're still talking about great moments within the film and great humor, my the biggest one for me, I know that there is the the drinking of, of the the what is not Mountain Dew, but for me the it's not called a penis, it's called a ding dong. I love that. That's that's something that again is wholly unique to this film and just having a language barrier within the film. Yeah. And I I really am glad to see that we are getting to a point where a mixing yeah. of of different languages within a film is more acceptable and where we're able to allow subtitles to be within a film and it not be seen yeah. with disgust. I I, Though, I mean, because that's very typical. I mean, with yeah. immigrant families, I mean, a, a lot of the, you know, because the parents usually speak very strongly their native language and yeah. the kids will speak like 60% English, 40% native language, right? Yeah, there's and a weaving so of languages is, there where you can yeah, have one sentence it's very realistic. in English and another in a different foreign language. And or just, so, just words mixed up together because that's that's how the experience is. There's a really interesting video by a, 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 a Korean a film critic somewhere on YouTube that I found right after I watched and he really breaks down how realistic it is how the you know Korean immigrant families were, were speaking and I'm happy that it was nominated for best picture because it's an American movie it's about the American dream you know yeah. it, it, it really is just it's in Korean those tones of just good dialogue where it seamlessly weaves back and forth add to that honesty that we discussed earlier that help make you feel authentic within the film makes it feel like it comes from a real place and not scripted because again we could have very easily gone to a very boring film because we've seen it before but it's those things those added elements that aren't just technical but within the actual foundation of the script and the story that bring to life this film that really again help identify this film no matter who you are no matter what race no matter what culture as long as you are Geez, even if you're just uh, have that American. Do you have a grandma? Do you have a family? Then you'll freaking love this movie. Yeah, truly. I mean, it was dedicated to grandmas at the end, and I gave my grandma a big old kiss right after I watched (laughs) this movie. Man, one more, one more, uh, two more elements, I guess, for me. One, I don't know if you've seen the the. I don't think you said that you saw the trailer for this before watching the film. Correct, Gary. Um, you know what's funny? When it was announced, like over a year before it came out, I saw it, but it was so long ago that it was very fuzzy. Okay, in my head. One yeah. thing about the trailer, and I can't wait for freaking studios or whatever it be to stop doing this. They incorporated the fire within the trailer as like a highlight moment. <laughs> did they really? They really. Oh did. no! So that's I, like the moment. That is the moment. Once you see that a fire's on a shed which I knew going into the film. Once you saw that, I was 
I saw and that's I so funny that it would be somewhere in the middle, and that would be another thing. But the more and more we kicked that can down the road, I realized you realize what it. Okay, I'm I'm really happy I didn't watch it recently because I totally would have known it, and that moment really hit for me when that happened. But it you, was, it you was knew so that sucks. All, knowing that he just struck struck the deal with that knowledge in mind, I was yeah. so frustrated because I knew that it it could only mean one thing. Can only be, was, be now. I was yeah. So sad and depressed about that fact both knowing about it and knowing that it was coming if we're talking about we could have an entire separate conversation about trailers and the fact that nine out of ten that i see are and i used to think people complain too much about the plot being given away but now i'm like no you just need to use the trailer to create a sense of of what the meal of what the movie feels like to watch and this movie could have had a beautiful little score and a few shots of grass and shown like a family fighting then be like boom minari that's it that's that's all that's all i gotta show I mean, even yeah. if we think within the film, there's that whole don't fight moment where they, they're like, write it bigger, write it bigger. And they throw in the airplanes, uh, the yeah. paper airplanes inside the house. And it's it's such a beautiful and a beautiful moment that you could have very easily captured and rings true to an audience that's still within the beginning of the film that I think really would have highlighted what this film was all about and the struggle within the film instead of just, just the... The, the fire of of what what's uh, Jacob hold, holds precious, um, but yeah. Anything else that you want to add, Gary? Before we get to our ratings, because we're Just, not going to miss it this week. Yeah, no that that last you know segment. I mean, I I consider the post fire thing. That's all epilogue. I mean, we get to see that David's heart yeah. condition is getting better. The Minari is growing and and flourishing just like the family. Um, that last act from, but basically the the fire sequence, the driving to it, and how it all wraps up, uh, just was so powerful. Um, and then all the themes start to percolate in your head. Um, I I definitely shed tears. My girlfriend and I both did, man. And um, the movie's definitely slow as it should be because it it builds up, you know, the conflict and and the little branching storylines with all these people, and then it. All comes together very well. Not a moment too soon or not a moment too late. So, I, I mean, just really masterful work. I mean, taking someone on an emotional journey and not really missing a step um, with the, the feels in that last scene. It's, I mean, just f***ing filmmaking 101 excuse my language that's all right man we're being honest and authentic <laughs> here in this, in this i don't think i've dropped an f-bomb on this pod i've never dropped an f-bomb on chopped greens but uh lee isaac chung you you got me there man <laughs> yeah it's so beautiful that you just you couldn't you couldn't help yourself and i appreciate that yeah all right uh what what shall we what modicum or measurement of success should we use for this film Heart murmurs. We could do bushes of of Minari. Heart murmurs. Cups of piss. Cups of Mountain Dew. You know Dew. what? Cups of Mountain Dew. We'll we'll be we'll be respectful. Cups of Mountain Dew. Cups of Mountain Dew. How many cups yeah. of Mountain Dew of, of spring water from the mountains will we do yeah. for this film, Gary? Dude, this is this is hard for me because I came in with like a rating, but then I, I watched a, a few segments from the movie before we came, and we're talking about it now. And I, I, here's the thing. I didn't want to give it a five because I don't know how much of the rewatchability factor is there for me. Judas and the Black Messiah, I mean, is eminently rewatchable and it's one of the only ones I've given a, a five because it's perfect and I want to see it again. This movie, I actually don't know. I, I, I might want to like show it to my mom or something like that, right? But 
it did really very in, in a sneaky subtle way stick with me um so i think i'll i'll give it i'll give it a five I think I'll, I'll land there. Wow, a five your, out of five. That's your second one this Oscar season, yes? Because Judas five. got five. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, you know what? I'm not. Uh, I I might have to pull it back to a four and a half, and you know why? Because the rewatchability. You know, it's just not. I I. That's what makes the point five difference for me, man. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm so wishy washy. This yeah, is this really is hard most, for me because the, the movie is fantastic. Yeah, it it really is, man. Um, I think I might give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Sorry for the confusion, man. I just uh, That's all right. had some, you know some conflict here. But you, we almost got me there. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go with a four. Not as far as you. I think it's bolstered by the grandmother's strong performance. And really, the four is not an indictment. It's an incredibly strong film. And yeah. I don't know who I would say don't watch this to. So it, it's very much a tremendous yes. film across the board, really safe to watch no matter who you are. And I think you will walk away appreciative of your time yes. being spent watching it. However, that doesn't mean, like you said, it's rewatchable uh, to an nth degree. Uh, I don't know that it's really spectacular yeah. to where I've never seen that done before or anything. I just love and appreciate that a film like this can exist yeah. and be redone in a, in a, with a new set of family hey. and, and tell a story that I have not, I have not seen go this particular route. I'll recommend to you and the listener. If you want to watch another movie by an Asian filmmaker about a grandma, one of my favorites of the last few years, go watch the farewell. farewell. That one I think is like, Beautiful. Super rewatchable, um, fantastic movie. Best thing I've ever Battle seen. Grandma. Aquafina in. <laughs> not like there's a lot to pick from, but Crazy Rich Age is pretty good. But that movie, I mean, she and she's legit good in that movie. That's another conversation, right? But I think that you and I are are narrowing. I mean, we're going to have some points of like, would you recommend this movie? How rewatchable is it? Because it would recommend and would rewatch. Doesn't make a movie a five out of five, but when we're talking like this is like cream of the crop type movies, we're getting to, into the nitty gritty when it comes to best picture. Man, Judas the Black Messiah for me checks off every box um, that I could want to check off, um, and this one, not so much, yes. but very close. Check off had a cap, but Gary says check off his boxes. There we there go. There we go. All right, for. Gary Boucher. I'm Philip Amaran. Thank you so much for listening to Chopped Greens. We, of course, like we said earlier, we already gave our rating from last week, so go ahead and check that out if you have not. I uh, hate to spoil that ending for you, but that's what we do around here. We spoil things. That's why we ask you to go watch and listen dutifully, you religiously. spoiled brats. Oh, no, no. We don't, we don't brat around with our listeners. But we thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing to this and all of our episodes in the past. Go and listen to some in the past if you have not heard and continue to listen going forward. And, of course, the accompanying episode to follow right after this. Thank you so much. And remember, guys, remember, it's not penis. It's ding-dong. Ding-dong.